Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Here we are again, the Backchat Basketball Show. Dan Cons here, hanging out with Ben Malice, of course. Ben, we're two games into the finals and it's been really good. How you been? It has. I've been good. I was in Bali for the weekend and I think Ooh. I've got an experience into the future because you know how in Bali they'd love to sell you secondhand merch and yep. try to flog things off. And I'll give it to this resourceful Balinese guy near where I was staying. He was trying to sell me a Miami Heat jersey. So I went to have a look at it and see what was going on. And guess who was on the back? It wasn't Jimmy Butler. It wasn't Bam Adebayo. But this intuitive Balinese gentleman was trying to sell me a Luka Doncic Miami Heat jersey. So here I am. I didn't. I should have to rub it in your face and have it in my background here. But I feel like I've just gone to the year 2025 when Luka Doncic (laughs) is playing in the NBA finals with Miami. Uh, anyways, backchat underscore basketball <laughs> is where you find us. I'm good. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. New, new episode coming out every Wednesday, of course. We're getting close to a very dangerous time in, um, in basketball land where there's no NBA, there's no NBL. So you and I are going to have to think of some other things to talk about just to link it to basketball at some point. But I think maybe we'll, we'll have go. To- We'll have to figure out how to get to Manila for the World Cup or something because at least we've got That's that right. happening in August. But, yeah, July is a sad time because there isn't the budget for us to go to Las Vegas and party at Summer no. League. So we'll have to just bunker down in Australia and survive the winter, won't we? We were close at one point to going to um, the UFC in Vegas for 290 and that week was the is the same week of the Summer League and I thought, yeah, wow. brilliant. So one chance of probably going to get to go to summer like that. Didn't happen. And That's fine. No, you're so another trip. year. No, we'll do it. We'll do it another time. Uh, we'll um, maybe you and I just go live next year to summer league and we'll just record a bunch of shows while we're there. Does that sound? We should. I think everyone that goes to summer league takes a selfie stick and a camera these days, so we yep. can just go do that. Although it's hot, we both are pretty fair when it comes to our skin, and the Vegas heat gets to about forty-five degrees in summer. So I think we both might melt. So we might not come back. I'm actually half European, mate. Um, it might not look it, but my skin can go brown really well. Like I, I tan up real nice. It's just that I never actually get into any sun whatsoever. So, so uh, I'm, I'm it's jealous. I'm tasty. Well, I don't know if they count as being European anymore, but I'm half British these days. What part of Europe do you <laughs> claim to have these days? My, my father is fully Greek. Ooh. Dana, Constantinos. He's he's a he's a great man. So uh I used to tan up real nice. Anyways, we don't need to talk about my tanning. Um LeBron James is apparently gonna be a Dallas Maverick. How good is that? Uh, uh, that? Is that the worst story of the year? That's gotta be up there for twenty twenty three's worst media league. Come on, Kyrie, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I, so so there was footage of Kyrie Irving getting picked up at the airport by one of the Lakers assistant coaches. Twitter went went crazy about it and then the the tenth the ten dimensional chess 
pieces started to move and all of a sudden LeBron James is linked to being uh to playing at the Dallas Mavericks. I'm pumped. That's a that's a championship Man. winning trio. This is why Shams gets paid two million dollars a year because he suckers people then like you and gets that stuff on social media. And gotta hand it to Kyrie. He's clearly I think he's just doing this to get leverage from Dallas and trying to tell to them, give me a four year contract and it might not be now, but I'll help you recruit LeBron James. So if it gets Kyrie paid, good on him. But, yeah, there is 0.0% chance of uh, LeBron going to Dallas this offseason. I will I will shout your trip to Vegas Summer League next year if that happens. It's not happening. I'm 50-50 on it, honestly. I'm really? <laughs> See, that's happening. the delusional fan talk. That's a tense uh, pick in the lottery, hoping for good things happening, talking. Man, I've been tipping West Coast Eagles every week for the past two years. I'm a delusional fan. I know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, ja Morant has been in, in the news again today um, or, or yesterday. Uh, I watched a bit of the Breakfast Club interview. The Breakfast Club is so good. I don't know if you ever watched there. So did they interview Ja this morning? I haven't no, seen No, sorry. There was someone on Breakfast Club that had some sources um, linked to Ja Morant who gave her some information. So um, what it was is that, uh, she was given some information that this gun that was flashed in the Instagram live that's gotten Jar into some hot water recently uh, was actually a toy gun. And um, the person in the back seat had a toy gun. He was playing around with it and passed it to Jar. Um, and with unfortunate timing that he was on the Instagram live. Um, and uh, from this, this person on the breakfast club, she said that their sources told them that uh, the NBA have this video footage that shows that it's clearly a, a, a toy gun, but they're still going to go ahead with the suspension regardless of the footage because they, you know, obviously they've got a brand and stuff like that that they need to maintain and uphold. So I think uh, it's an interesting excuse. I'm not sure how so, legit it is though. With zero being complete and utter BS and 100% being the truth, what score do you give that out of 100 of being true? I'm in like a five five percent. I reckon I can't I can't say zero because may, maybe maybe it was, but the fact that he apologized for it a few weeks ago when it first happened, surely you'd say straight up like no no don't don't stress it was a it was a toy. What, what about the what about the first gun in the first video from the nightclub a month beforehand? Was that a toy gun as well? Did they go into that? I one don't know. And I'm, I don't want to get, um, sued by Ja Morant's team. Um, I'm not going to say anything. It's allegedly, it was a, it was a gun. So, um, <laughs> we'll say that much. <laughs> um, and so with the suspension, she said the, the league's probably going to carry out around a 30 game suspension, um, for him. I, I heard, you know, various numbers. Some people saying like 50. Um, I don't know. What do you think happens out of this? What's your take? I think he should get half the season. I think 41 games is the correct mark here because you're right. The NBA has a brand to protect. So financially, that's the main thing they need to look after. And you can sense Adam Silver is starting to go there. But also as well, just as a a bit of an awakening, because there's one thing, if it's a one isolated incident, that there was a very eye-opening Washington Post article two or three months ago that outlined everything Ja Morant has been accused of over the past year. And right. it's that whole thing about thing about fool me once, fool me twice. There's yes. stories in there of him threatening teenagers with kids. There's the incident of his friendship circle apparently threatening an opposition team with a laser pointer after a game, and the opposition team legitimately thought that was a gun. Again, yep. they explained that away, saying it was a toy or a laser and no harm, no foul. There's been instances of Jamarayant's friends and dad getting drunk courtside and wanting to fight fans. There's the nightclub video, the second one. So it's becoming, it's actually making me think of Ben Cousins from back in the day, 20, 2005, 2006, 2007, 
And essentially the AFL and the Eagles told Ben to go away for half a season. And it's that whole bring the game into disrepute. You can look at one incident, but when you tally them all up, there's a repeated baby here that just leagues can't stand for. So if it was me, and I think if it was David Stern 15 years ago, then Ja Morant would be sitting down for half the season. What do you think? Yeah, I think they have to come down hard on this, especially after they've already given him one suspension. They can't just go, I have another 10, 15 games. Like, it has to be up and more than that. And it has to be like, you won't think about ever doing this again. So they, I, I assume they have to come down with some sort of iron fist and make it really worth their while um, to, to, to do that. So maybe, maybe Joe will come back with like a such as life um, tattoo arched across his, across his chest or something. Um, but uh, yeah, he needs to obviously sort something out or just get better people around him. One of the top comments on Reddit um, on this post of the Breakfast Club link that had the um, the interview just said that, um, like, it sounds like Jar's mates are all just driving around with guns and uh, toy guns and lasers, like, just just yeah, doing weird stuff. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you why are you filming it as well? You need better people around you. And I'm sorry, the the not the funniest, but the, the biggest joke from the first suspension was when he got sent down to rehab for three days. As if going to, in air quotes, a rehab clinic can fix whatever. Yeah, Yeah, correct. And again, like there's nothing wrong with seeing people. I've seen a psychologist. It's a totally an awesome thing to do. But again, there's some athletes have started doing now. They're playing or alluding to a mental health aspect to dilute the scent away from their bad behavior. And with Jar Morant, it's at that point now where, like you said, there's been that many things and we can blame the people around him to a certain extent. But you're a, a young man, you're in your 20s, you're legal, you can go to jail, you can drink, all of that. And also as well, you have $400 million worth of guaranteed contracts. Yeah. It's like, bro, what what are you doing? If you yeah. want to piss that away, then fair play to you. Like, that's your choice. But, man, like, that much money, the world of this feat, a signature shoe, he was going to be, we mentioned the World Cup before, he was going to be leading Team USA to Manila, then the Olympics next year, it was all there. And again, it's time for Myers. Like you said, you mentioned the word iron fist. I think we need to see the whip hand come out. And again, we need the, to see a league stand up and for once actually show that the players aren't running everything and they can't get away with doing whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. Harsh, but but need, something needs to happen. Um, speaking of the Olympics, uh, apparently Ben Simmons is committed again. Um, we've seen we've seen reports back and forward uh, as Ben. Do you just swig a bowl of wine? <laughs> No, I wish it was wine. It's uh, water. Well, hearing the, the, the Ben Simmons uh, Olympic story might make me drink. I've written a few of them over the years. Uh, so uh, I just saw recently, I think a couple of days ago, like fresh reports of Ben Simmons committing to the, the Aussie team. Do you think this stands up? Do you think this is something he actually goes ahead and does? I feel like Donald Trump's written the script for today with all these fake news stories. We had Kyrie. <laughs> we had some of this Jama Rant stuff. Look, I've written some of these Ben Simmons stories over the year. I've followed over the years. I've followed Ben in America for a year. So at times over the journey, I've been as guilty as anyone of, I don't know, feeding into these stories and talking about him playing for the Olympics. But again, we need to look at his track record. And when someone shows you what they're doing and how they're spending their time, we need to listen to them. So as far as Ben's concerned, he has more important things to worry about than playing for the boomers at the Olympics. He is 18 months away from playing in China. Like, it's legitimately the case now. If he can't get back on an NBA court and prove that he can play again, his career in North America will be over and he will get washed out of the NBA. So if I was advising Ben Simmons, if you want to come into the boomers camp and be a role player and benefit from the culture, 100%, like, come in, do your thing. 
but he's going to have to go against every tendency he's shown throughout his career of coming in, being a superstar, wanting the whole program built around him. He's, the Boomers don't need that. They, they've got enough success going. So, again, if Ben wants to play for the World Cup or play at the Olympics next year, do it, but only do it for the right reasons. Don't do it for PR. Don't do it so you can get these fluff pieces coming out about you shooting a three ball or you feeding into your Australian heritage or all this sort of stuff. Ben needs to actually focus on basketball. And whether that's with the Boomers or with an NBA club, I'm not that fast, but there's been so much noise about him that he just needs to get healthy and play basketball. And I think this talk about him teasing us and teasing people, or it might even be coming from the Boomers about him making an Olympic debut, is just not the most important thing for Ben right now because he hasn't played a serious NBA minute in over 25 months. Like that's been two years since we saw him do anything in a basketball game. And imagine someone getting dropped into the Boomer setup and playing in a bronze medal game or whatever the case is at a World Cup in a couple of months when they haven't yep. played club basketball in two years. It just doesn't make yeah. sense. Okay. All right. So a bit more pessimism from you, but that's well, what fine. do you think? Would you do you think he should be coming into the Boomers and do you think the I team think, should uh, be bending over yeah. to get him in at this stage? I think yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> I, I still think we've seen players use the um, the boomers and playing for Australia as an opportunity to get back in favor like and and show that they can really ball like Dante Exum um uh, sorry not Dante Exum um uh like even like Nick K right Nick K playing just all of a sudden people became aware of what he could actually do and 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 use that opportunity to show maybe things that people didn't realize so Ben Simmons coming in I think yeah, you just maybe you have to come in and go. I'm just going to play a role. I'm not going to be the star of the team, but for him, it is make it's a PR thing, absolutely. But it could also benefit his basketball, and it could benefit some um, of his attitude towards the game. I, I think there's no reason why he shouldn't, unless he's like legitimately doesn't want to do it, and it's purely like I'm just going to rock up and get in some photos. Yeah, but do you think he can have that mindset shift? You mentioned Nick Kay. Nick Kay, great NBL player, has done very well in. Asia over the past couple of years, but he's not someone that's making the NBA, making the NBA money, has the reputation. And we've seen it with international teams over the years. Four years ago, Jonah Bolden pulled out of the Boomers team because he wasn't going to have a big role and he didn't want the PR backlash of being someone that was benched on a Boomers setup. I agree. If Ben came in and was willing to play 10, 15 minutes a night, essentially replace Nick Kay in the rotation, then it would be great for all people involved. But again, Ben has a track record of not committing to do that and to make it work. Like you say, he has to come in, humble himself a little bit and accept that he might not be finishing games, that it's Paddy's team, it's Joe's team, that Josh Green is just as valuable and so many other players down the line because it's not going to be the Ben Simmons show with the Boomers. He's almost, in my eyes, given up that chance with a repeated desire to do other things with his career over the past 15 years. The other guy I was thinking about, um, and his name escapes me now, but he, play, he went and played um, at the 76ers defensive wing. Um, Brockoff. And, what was, who was it, sorry? Ryan Brockoff. Is that who you're thinking of? No. Um, uh, Brockoff didn't ever actually play at 76ers, but that's he, right. um, Tari's. Uh, I'm Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel. Yeah. He was, that's the epitome of that, right? Like he was, he was like on a bench, right? And just getting whatever minutes in the NBA comes in and plays at the Olympics and was awesome. Like he was one of the best players, most games. And then all of a sudden he gets like a big payday. Like he's getting more, um, 
minutes in the NBA. So maybe something like that. I don't know. That that was probably the guy I was thinking of that had the most impact and the most benefit going from an NBA no one, well, not a no one, but someone who's just yeah, sitting player. at the end of the bench, role player, to then showing what he can actually do in the right environment. And then a coach goes all of a sudden, okay, I actually know how to use him better now. Like I've seen what he can do in the right environment. So I hope something like that for Ben's sake, um, uh, you know, he's yeah. a – I, I want him to play good basketball again. Um, so, anyways, that's the boomers. Uh, it is 1-1 in the NBA Finals. The Heat and the Nuggets are tied. I thought um, I thought the, the Heat would get a game or two, but I didn't think it would be um, them winning home court advantage going back to Miami and splitting it in Denver. Um, what have you seen so far? Did you Are you surprised with the 1-1? I did a radio hit yesterday and they asked me who I thought was going to win the finals. And I'm like, I still think Denver's going to win, but then I had to catch myself. And I was the same guy that thought Milwaukee would sweep, that Boston would win easy and that Denver would win easy. So, again, I thought Denver coming out winning game one. Denver didn't actually play that well in game one, but they were going up against a Miami team that looked a bit tired, a bit lethargic and didn't really have it. So heading into game two, here I was thinking Denver will clean up some of these errors. They'll be sharp. They'll want to go up 2-0, really secure that home court advantage. But it was just the opposite of that because Miami played a good game in game two, a very good game. But Denver were just bad. Like defensively, they were horrible. Our friend Michael Porter Jr. couldn't guard me or you based on what he showed in game two because there just wasn't the attention to detail. And he wasn't the only one. We saw KCP fouling three-point shooters, I was reading this morning that nine of Miami's made three-point shots were wide open or came from defensive stuff-ups from Denver. So Denver just wasn't communicating. They were making mistakes. And Miami is just like a cockroach. They're just not going to die. They're going to keep hammering at you. They're going to keep chasing you. And Denver just didn't have the juice to win game two. And, again, I think tomorrow morning is going to show us a lot about the series and it's going to happen quick that if Denver comes out in the first half and – plays smart and doesn't suffer up and is really on point, then they should win the series going away. If Miami just comes out and keeps grinding out and wins the game, then for the first time all season, I think Miami might actually win the championship. So they just keep going, don't they, the Heat? And you give them a small little opening like Denver did in game two, and they're just taking it and jacking that window open. I, I haven't been able to, um, well, being able to, I, I haven't chosen to sit down and watch the games from start to finish. Um, but from what I can see from watching highlights and, and sort of the, the commentary around it, it just looks like a really good series, really competitive. Two teams that, like, I was really hoping Denver weren't just going to come and sweep Heat, and I didn't think they were, but would they would. But um, it looks really like they're pretty well matched, and I think it will be a tighter series than a lot of people thought. Um, a lot of people... Before the uh, before the series started, I thought it would be boring. They wanted like the Lakers, Celtics, um, the, the TV ratings. I, I just want to find. I just had this tweet um, before that talked about the um, the ratings of it. Um, it had uh, it like matched the game two of last year's finals, um, and like I think they had fifteen million people watching at one point. So it's actually met the the same level of viewership from last season i think people just don't realize how like it's still really uh, uh, an interesting series because it's the finals like you're always going to have people that are interested in the result but hopefully people start to um well the the casual fans i've seen that thrown around on on by even like players at the moment saying that your casuals don't find it interesting but i'm really looking forward to game three i'm 
sort of clearing out some space so that I can and have it on the screen here watching it. Um, if it gets to six games, like I'd be really stoked with that, and I think we're we're getting close. I don't, I don't think this. I don't think Denver go through and win the next three. Um, Heat have an opportunity to get to to go two two absolutely with 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 home court advantage now. Um, yeah. One interesting thing that came out of game two was um, Coach Spo talking to Ramona Shelbourne after the game and in the press conference she talked about um, she sort of threw the question at him saying. Some teams want to try and make Jokic a scorer, some a passer. Um, and she was using sort of like a general sort of question. She said, obviously, there's more to it. And Spo just shuts her down and says, that's the untrained eye. I haven't seen Spo sort of act like that. He's a, an incredible coach, but he always seems like he's always pretty direct, but he's quite a friendly guy. That sort of caught me off guard. I loved it, though. Yeah, Spo looks like someone that hasn't slept in about three months and maybe <laughs> there's some truth in that given what's been happening in the postseason. And again, for those that don't know, Ramona Shelburne is a very popular and well-respected journalist in the US and it really just struck me as two people that know each other and have that professional relationship because he did shoot her down, but it mm. wasn't uh, in a way where some you've been in those media sittings in the NBA when a coach gets asked a stupid question and wants to tell someone to get effed. Yeah. They do it in a very subtle way. It didn't strike me as that. It struck me as just Spolster being sick of having to answer media questions and him wanting to to almost pump up Jokic as much as he can to just reinforce the fact that his team has to be on point and his team is doing yeah. very well to keep this guy quiet because at the end of the day, Denver still scored the ball pretty well in game two. They scored the ball better than they did in game one, actually. It was just that Miami's offense caught life. So, Again, I think the other thing this makes me realise is this has probably been happening for 100 years, but we're just finally now seeing it all because I've seen a few blow-ups in my time in basketball. I'm sure you have at your media conferences from your days at the Wildcats. This stuff used to happen all the time. Imagine 30 years ago what wasn't caught on camera. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when there's less repercussions of things being Mm. shared around. I think I assume that probably a text was sent between one of them after it just to like clear the air. Like you said, they have a very professional relationship. It's just that those are the questions that are shut down like that are usually come from, you know, international journalists. Yeah. International <laughs> journalists or like Ben Mallis from the local, I don't know, yeah. wherever that they don't ben know Mallis who you from are. Australia trying to just get some nonsense going. Yeah. I've, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know what, what you're trying to write here. So I'm just going to set you straight. Um, so that was, I don't know. That was, that was, um, definitely caught me off guard, and I just I do like coaches showing a bit of uh, I don't know. It happens a lot in Australians, Australian media especially. Like these robotic. I'm just going to give you a line, yeah, correct, just to get out. So for him just to be like, I'm done. I'm just going to like really speak my mind and not say anything that's going to get anyone fired or, or get himself in trouble, but just be honest is really refreshing. And to be honest, these NBA coaches are so much more savvy than your stock standard AFL coach in Australia in the sense they know how the media cycle works. And I'm sure there was some impulse from Spolster to come out and say that, but I wouldn't put it past him, especially given he just got Pat Riley in his back pocket. He knows yeah. that saying that, the media narrative for the next three days is Nikola Jokic is awesome, Miami doesn't have a chance, Denver has to make sure they keep getting the ball inside. It's all about Denver, Denver, Denver. And yeah. his Miami team can just slide under the radar like they're doing all season and keep doing their thing. And we see that in every NBA playoff series. The smart coaches manipulate us us media people. They tell us what we think we want to hear, but it's just shifting the narrative. So 
Spolstra is the very best at this. So, again, Mike Malone was trying to do this in the Lakers series as well, telling the world how no one likes the Denver Nuggets. They're not respected. So, again, both these coaches are a must-see entertainment during the finals. It's nice just watching two good coaches, you know, when your team's not coached by, by someone who you just like, yeah, this guy's got us. It's just, yeah, it's a nice thing to watch. Anyways, game three is tomorrow, uh, Thursday morning for us Australians. Um, so who have you got in game three? What are you thinking? I think I think uh, the Nuggets win game three. I, I can't remember. I gave you like a – I rattled through every single game. And I, I feel like I went with Denver the first two, then Heat, then Denver, then Heat, then Denver. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, Denver gets the next one. And I, and I hope, I really hope that the Heat can then level it up 2-2 two, two, um, and then just makes it a best of three. That makes it really interesting. What about yeah. you? I think Mami is going to win tomorrow. I'm pivoting because I, I think self, don't think, I know selfishly that's the result I want. I want Miami to go up 2-1. Yeah. And then game four is a pseudo game seven because I can't see Denver coming back from 3-1. Yeah. And if Denver can get it back to 2-2, they'll have home court advantage in that best of three. And again, if that happens, all the pressure in the world is going to get put onto Denver in game four. And that's when we really see what these teams are made of. So it's what I want to happen. And again, maybe I'm becoming a, a Miami Heat culture uh, cult member because I'm saying <laughs> this. But yeah, I hope Denver put forth a better effort defensively tomorrow, but Miami playing at home, role players will play better. I'm expecting a big Jimmy game to put them up in the series and set up what will be the game of the season. I sound like a PR person, don't I? The game of the season on Saturday morning in game four. <laughs> That's great. You, do you know what I was just thinking about you being in Melbourne now, two hours ahead? You can almost crack a beer when the game's like, <laughs> for us, like I'm, if I want to have a beer like during the game, it's at the very end, you know, like maybe at the end of the fourth quarter. You in Melbourne, mate, you could you could just go early. The See, game Daylight starts Sav- at, what, 10.30-ish? Daylight savings was the best. There were games tipping off at 2 in the afternoon in summertime. Ugh. So it's not so easy That's these like days. That's like butter territory and a bottle of wine. Oh, yes. Well, you're a parent with young kids. I'm sure you're up early, so we just need to adjust your time scale. If you get up super early, then by the time it gets to 10 a.m. in the morning, I think yeah. it's borderline acceptable to crack a beer. Just don't want my kids see me drinking at 10 a.m. That's probably the main thing. I think that's... You're, you're a smart man. Thing. You can put it into a coffee cup or <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm not that desperate for a beer. <laughs> I mean, I love a beer, but I'm not I'm not that desperate for it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm I'm desperately trying to, um, to to get a couple of guys in to um, to sort of give us some, some insight on, pl- on playing in the league, um, in, in the NBL. Uh, that's around the corner. I did speak to Mitch Norton this morning. Not next week, the week after he's in. So that's nice. – I, I, I take Mitch to his word. and uh, But, yeah, in as, in the off-season, mate, we're going to have to bring in some more guests, that's for sure. Well, we can do that. Again, I say this every episode, but the first thing we need to do is find Greg Iyer. He is somewhere True. in the state of Western Australia. So if anyone yep. out there has seen Greg, has seen him hanging out in his car, please let us know because yeah. we need to find the great man. Where is he? I, I don't know, but it's got me to, it's got to the point now where I send him a text – and then I see him tweet like an hour later and I, I reply to his tweet week. saying, hey, man, reply to my text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like uh, a crazed ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or something. I just, I'm just trying say, to stalk him. He's turned you into the stalker ex, so keep yeah. it up. I, I did uh, see the tweets of uh, you trying to get the great man's attention. Yeah, I think he said new phone, who dis or something. <laughs> uh, Backchat underscore basketball is where you find us on Instagram. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Send us in your questions. We'll endeavor to answer them. Otherwise, Ben, I'll chat to you next week. See you next week.
That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the Acast Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.